Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, my friends. Today I want to continue on Elijah as he goes from Gilead all the way to Mount Carmel. And last time we went to the Brook Cherit, and we are still at the Brook Cherit because there's a lot to say about that place, what Elijah learned there. And one of the things that God taught him at that place was that he had to learn to take one step at a time. And we talked about this part as the brook dried up. And it says, as the brook dried up, he was waiting there. He was waiting there for the next, well, assignment or, 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 or knowledge or information, what to do now, what to do now. And I think this is so important for us, but also so scary as we are at the place where God tells us to be, but the means that God has used to sustain us dries up. And it says the brook dried up after a certain time. It happened that the brook dried up, but Elijah, he did not run away according to his own mind, feelings, wisdom, knowledge, etc., etc. but he waited upon the Lord. And I want to tell you, it says, then the word of the Lord came to him. So many times we are running after the word of the Lord instead of the word of the Lord coming to us. There's a difference here. And I've seen as we are just going to a meeting or going to our pastor, do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? What is the word for me? I remember one day I went to my father and you know, sometimes we had all these visiting preachers and and evangelists and teachers and also prophets. And you had those special meetings where one of those prophets would stand up and he would call someone out of the audience. And of course, come on, we all want that. Well, at least we want it if it's a good word. If it's a good word, we want it. If we are living in some sinful life, we kind of hide and we don't want the prophet to call us out. But if we are seeking the the, the word of the Lord and want him to, to give us the next part of information to move forward. We're praying, oh Lord, let him call my name. Let him call my name. I think many will understand what I'm talking about. So the prophet came and left and he called many to the front and oh, they were weeping. Some fell down and afterward they said, this was spot on. This was spot on. This was the spirit of the Lord. And so I went to my father who is a great man of the Lord, a great servant of God. And I said, Papa, do you also have a word for me? I also want a word from the Lord. Do you have a word for me? Well, my motivation and intention was right, but somehow I missed it, you know. But I said, Papa, you have a word for me. And he turned around and he got his Bible and he shoved it in my hand. He said, John, here, look, a whole book full of words of God for you. I tell you so many times we are asking and praying, Lord, oh, I want a word. And we are running after that word. And that's why so many people get into problems and come to the wrong place in their life because they're always running around after some prophet, after some preacher, after some friend who acts like a prophet, after these prayer meetings at home or in different places that do not originate from church, out of the leadership of church from your shepherd, but because you feel your shepherd is not giving you that particular word. You are making these own prayer meetings. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not good to pray and it's not 
uh, uh, lawful to sometimes pray with some friends in your home. I'm not saying that, but sometimes there's a motivation behind it that it looks wonderful and of the Lord, but it's the flesh who wants to run away from the local pastors. I said, I don't want the word out of the Bible. I want God to speak from heaven to me. But he gave me his word. And Papa, he put that in my hand. He said, John, here is a book full. Oh, just open it up, start reading it, and God will start ministering to you. And my friend, it says in the life of Elijah, it says, and the word of the Lord came to him. He did not run after the word. He was in prayer. I believe he was in prayer all the time. He was spending time in solitude with the Lord. So he was praying, but it says he was not after that word. In that way of the flesh, that the flesh wants satisfaction in a word, some spiritual encounter, but it was the spirit. And the Lord came to him with a word and the Lord spoke to him to go to the next place. So this is so important. When you read your Bible, as you are in that service, sitting and listening to maybe the worship or the songs or some minister preaching or your pastor ministering to you or or as you are listening to the sermons that are coming online and beware who you listen to. Not everything that is online is always pure and is of the Lord. Well, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. It says in Acts chapter 9, verse 6, and in trembling, Saul and astonished, he said to the Lord, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. The Lord said, Go into the city, go into that house that you had planned, and wait there, and the word will come to you. The word will come to you. And he had to wait, and he was in prayer and in fasting. He was, in other words, he was getting his spirit, his mind in line with the spirit of God, with what God would want to say. He was not bringing in his own thoughts and feelings. No, he was emptying himself of his thoughts and feelings. That's why he was also fasting and waiting upon the Lord to speak. Oh, what a difference this is. And so this is very important, step by step. Another thing Elijah learned or was taught at the Brook Chariot is the value of knowing the hidden life. There is a hidden life with God. And my friend, I'm, I'm speaking a little bit slower this session because I believe this is so important. What I'm sharing with you today, it is also for the mature Christian. It is something that the immature Christian will not understand because the immature Christian, well, he wants a microwave gospel. He wants everything to be done in 30 seconds, and that's even long in our days. When we're downloading a file and it takes 30 seconds, we think, man, that, that thing is slow. I need to get a new computer. But we need to know the value. I'm not saying the secret. You know there is a hidden life. But we need to know the value of it. There is a value to a hidden life with the Lord. As the Lord said, go away from here. Hide yourself at the brook Cherid. Uh, on the other side of the Jordan River, he was being brought to a place where he would come into that hidden life, and he needed to find out the value of that hidden life. That hidden life, it is the source, or it is where we are connected to the source, where we enjoy the source. We can never 
come to high places where we rule over brothers, sisters, eh? not that we should rule over them, but that we have leadership over them or pastor them, you know, coming to a place of, of, of a position of leadership or a position of a world changer or where we command demons to go out or we command the devil to stand still, where we are calling on the Lord to blow with the wind of the Spirit over a multitude, where, you know, armies of the enemy were subdued and kingdoms are subdued and, and, and where we have the victories of the Lord. We can never take a place like that if we have not first taken a low place in front of the countenance of the Lord. We need to take in a humble, a lowly place before the Lord. And this takes time. This takes time. My dear friend, there is no substitute for time. This takes time that the Lord leads us if we are willing and wanting, and even the willing and the wanting, he is working in us, but that he brings us into a place and leads us where we come into the hidden life. And there is no better way to bring a person to a lowly, humble place than to suddenly uproot him from his normal daily life and from the world where he thought he was so essential and where he was so important and bring him to a lonely place where he is driven to overthink and to contemplate how weak he is, how powerless he is in his own strength. I don't know if you're understanding me today, my dear friend, but maybe even in church and maybe in your life at the moment, you were a leader in church and you were in a position somewhere or maybe in society or in the family and you were so important, you thought you were so essential, but suddenly God changed things around, moved you about and brought you to a place where now you are contemplating and thinking of it, how really powerless and how weak you are in yourself. And it is good that we come to that place. It also says about the apostles, in Mark chapter 6, verse 30 and 31, when they came to Jesus, it says, The apostles, who had been sent out on a mission, gathered together with Jesus and told him everything that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away by yourselves to a secluded place and rest a little while. Well, they came back to Jesus. Oh, demons went out when we prayed. Oh, the sick. All oh, they recovered and were made healthy. Oh, we had such moments of power and multitudes were listening and oh, etc., etc. They were so excited about all these workings of power and workings of the Holy Spirit and miracles happening to their life. And Jesus, he simply says, oh, come with me. Let's go to a secluded and lonely place and let's just be alone for a while and rest a while. We need to know the value of the hidden place. Even after we have left the brook Cherit, left Sarpat, and we have come to the Mount Carmel, we still need to know where that place is, the hiding place where we are alone with God, because that can be everywhere once we have been taught to go to that place. Then we can make a place in our home. You need to make a place in your home. You need to make a place in your time schedule where you have some time of seclusion with the Lord because that time is valuable. 
that time will give you victory in all the other time and all the other things that you have planned in your agenda. So we are so many times so full of ourselves that God cannot use us. But he brings us to a place where we found out that we cannot do anything without him. And that's where we are buried at that brook chariot. Well, another thing that God was teaching Elijah and wants to teach his servant is to be completely trusting upon him. We need to come to the point where we completely, fully, wholeheartedly trust him and him alone. His word and his word alone. So many times we are giving a timid or a, 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 an obedience, a resistance, actually. We are giving a obedience with resistance. Is that possible? Yes, that is possible. That we are obeying, but yet we are obeying with hesitation. We are obeying with resistance. And we need to come to the point where we can jump in, where we can wholeheartedly, and not like some people have that yo-yo life, you know, one day they jump in to the promise of the Lord or to the uh, commandment of the Lord, and the next day they are in the valley crying, crying, what did I do? I should never have done this. And the next day they're on the mountaintop shouting and praising. It's so unnatural. It's immature. We need to come to the point where we are completely, fully, wholly trusting upon the Lord, trusting upon his word, that when he bids us to do something, when he commands us to do something, we follow him and we give obedience without hesitation. We give obedience without resistance. We give obedience without being timid. We are just fully into what God has told us to be. And that's how God is teaching young eagles how to fly. We need to fly like eagles. But before you are that great eagle soaring the skies, you are that little eagle sitting in the net, and you are cozy and comfortable there in all the feathers that the mama eagle has put in there to make it comfortable for you. But there comes the time that God wants to teach you how to fly, and he wants to teach you to get out of that nest and to spread your wings. Well, Maybe the first time you spread those wings and you fell like a brick. That's possible. But on the other hand, God is there like that mama eagle who just drops down and, and catches her little one on her wings and brings that little one back up again. And then the whole process gets repeated again. We need to learn to trust him. He will be there. And we need to learn to spread those wings in his time, in his way, as he is pushing us out of that nest. and then. We need to know we can jump because he will be there to catch up and he will bring us to great heights. Hallelujah. Yes, he wants to bring us to great heights. He wants to bring us to a dimension where we know and trust him that all things are possible with the Lord. So Elijah, he was commanded to go to the brook chariot and the Lord said, there, there, at that place, I will take care of you. You will have water to drink and I will send the ravens. I must think of this story of this mama, and it was, I think, during the war. It was a difficult time, and she was teaching her little boy uh, who read this story that this is you know, how God takes care of us, and they were in a place, and they had no food, 
and they had left the door open. Uh, the boy had left the door open and it was cold inside, but he left the door open. And mama said, why did you leave the door open? But he said, well, I leave the door open that God will send his ravens to bring the food to us. And while they were talking about these things, about the ravens taking care of Elijah, that the boy left the door open so the ravens could come in, the mayor of the town, this German town, was passing by, and he was attracted by the light that was on and the door that was open. So he walked up the stairs and walked into the house and was wondering why was the door open, what was going on. And when he heard the story coming out of the mouth of that little boy, he said, I will be God's raven, and I will relieve them of their need. I will take care of them. And so he did. Oh, what a wonderful story. And this truly happened, that the faith of this simple little boy, God orchestrated it, that it was answered by a great miracle, and God can do the same for you and for me today. I don't know how he will do it. I'm not telling you to leave open your door today, but I don't know how God will do it in your life. Well, finally, the thing that God wants to teach Elijah and wants to teach us is that many times he calls us to sit at streams, at brooks that run dry. Again, I want to tell you, it's not the devil that called you to sit at the stream that is running dry now. It is God who called you to sit at that stream that is running dry right now. Why? Because he has so much to give you and to teach you. He is the source in your life. He doesn't want you to start believing that Brook is the source of your life. He wants you to always know that he is the source of your life. And you might say, well, John, why is this necessary? Why can't God just let that stream keep going? I mean, I will thank him for it. I will praise him for it. But my friend, this is not the case with us human beings. We will start to depend on that brook. We will build everything around that brook. We will not want to leave that brook again. And we will forget that it's not the brook because who gives the brook its water? Who supplies the brook its water? It's God who supplied that brook of water because he gave the water or he withheld the water. It's all in the hands of the Lord. And as he gives or as he withholds, it's in him and in his hands. And so we need to know that we need to go to him and not to the brook. We need to go to him and not to the method. We need to go to him and not to the means that he uses to supply us. And he wants us to learn that. And that's very important. And in the beginning, you might say, well, that's so difficult. And why does he work that way? But I tell you, if you have learned this lesson, it will only benefit you in your life because wherever you are, in whatever situation, be it whatever thing in life, your job, your health, your finances, your marriage with your family, you will know that God, the source, is with you. Wherever he sends you, you know he will have a brook there which he will use to supply you And if that brook runs out, he will have another brook for you, or he will have another means for you. He will open a door. He will give a water in the desert place. He will do what is necessary to supply you what you need. So you need to learn that you will not live in anxiety, that you will have no fears. Oh, what if this brook runs out? Oh, I'm hearing the brook of the neighbors ran out. 
Oh, I'm hearing this disease is coming around the world. What if it comes to me? Well, what if it comes to you? And what if the brook of the neighbors ran out? What does it matter to you? You are not drinking from the same brook. You are drinking from the brook that flows from the throne of God. God wants you to drink from the brook that is not made by the hands of man, but that comes out of his hand and that never will be shortened to you. It will always run and flow with life and with supply because it comes from his everlasting throne. Oh, hallelujah, my friend. That's why even if you are at the brook that is so popular right now in the world today, don't depend on that popular brook, but know that the Lord, he is your source and he will give you what you need. And that is so important. Whatever brook he has given in your life, oh, it will run out. And sometimes praise God that it runs out because he will open up another door for you. And it will be wonderful as you move from one place to the other. I'm not saying move from one church to the other as some are used to do. But as you are moving through life, he will always be there to supply you. And as these brooks dry up, know that you are connected to the source that never dries up. Hallelujah. Oh, Father in heaven, I'm praying right now for these and other lessons that you are teaching us while you bring us into a secluded place at the Brook Chariot. Or maybe the name is called different, but the place is the same. You are bringing us to a place where you are teaching us the value of the hidden life, where you are teaching us that you are always with us to supply us no matter what we face, no matter what we go through. Oh, Lord, as you are teaching us these important lessons, let us have a teachable spirit, a teachable mind, a teachable heart. Let us open up, Lord, and have a divine revelation that your word is coming to us, that you are sustaining us, you are preparing us. Oh, the carmel moment will come. Yes, but we don't have our eyes just on carmel for that glorious downpouring, outpouring of your fire and your authority and power. This time of seclusion with you. Oh, it is so valuable. It is so wonderful to be alone with you, Lord, as you are sharing your heart, as you are sharing your mind, as you are sharing your plan, as you are giving us instructions, as you are showing us what will happen in the future and how you will use us, Lord. Oh, thank you for this time. Let us not be oh impatient, but let us enjoy this time at Brook Charit, Lord because it is so valuable for us, but also it will be valuable for what will happen in the future. Yes, Lord, you will use this time in the lives of my brothers, my sisters, those that are listening, and it will bring great fruit and great harvest. Bless them this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 